All right, everybody, welcome back to the Move Podcast, talking about the third and final week of the 2023 Tour of Italy. And hey, for all you Americans, happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys are up to, to no good. And, and just when you're out there, out and about, just keep in mind, safety third. All right. <laughs> I'm sitting here in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, here for my daughter's uh, lacrosse tournament. Is You know, this is, I tell you, it's fun. These kids start playing sports. And, you know, most of these games and sports, you, you know, at least some of the rules. I tell you, this lacrosse thing, <laughs> just forget it. I mean, I'm, I just sit there. I'm like, who's what? What happened? Like new, just, you know, new sport, d- new rules, new penalties, new field, new equipment. I'm just, I'm all I do is just sit there and keep the seat warm. That's a cool sport. It, it, I got to say as much as, as, you know, as I start to go to the games and watch, I'm like, damn, this is a really cool sport. That was kind of an East coast thing for a long yeah, time. Big, and, big time in long Island. Where I grew yeah, up. yeah. Yeah. Well, you see you, you spoiled kids coming <laughs> West. I'm joined by JB Hager there in Austin, Texas. Yeah, hello. JB, how, how you doing? Doing good, doing great. Got an IPA out yet? Memorial holiday weekend. <laughs> I moved a couple from the garage fridge to that fridge. Yeah, I haven't yeah. touched it yet. Okay, good. <laughs> and uh, over over there down in the wine cellar, Mr. George Hincapi, how you doing, Georgie? Good guys, how's everybody doing? Happy good. Memorial Day weekend. You're uh, you heading out to the lake for the weekend or what? I went and came back and going back. <laughs> Good, good for you, Johan. Johan up there in Madrid, I believe. We never know with the, with the backdrop, you know. The, I'm, the, Mon- uh, I'm a Monte Lusari. Monte Lusari. Um. Anyways, what a, what a what a you know what what an interesting final week. I mean, it just goes to show this sport. You, it's not over till it's over. Truly, uh, we're going to get into all that action. Today's show brought to you by Ventum. This is the go-to whip. You know, I realize I always say whip, and I just like to call bikes whips. But this thing is really kind of a whip. Uh, this is our go-to whip slash bike for George and I. Uh, obviously on the road, the NS1, which thing's a damn rocket ship. On the gravel, the GS1. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Thing rides like a road bike, handles like a road bike, stiff, fast. Um, choose your wheel sets, choose your tires. Um, thing is just absolutely awesome. Uh, the brand is totally kicking ass. They have dedicated customer support. They help you out at every step of the purchasing process. They're also, in case you're looking for it, producing great content. If you need a little inspiration before you head out there on a ride, uh, check out their socials. Go on over to Instagram or YouTube, and those are both at Ventum Racing. Special offer. Oh, I have one other thing. You know, last week we talked, you know, George had that fancy Colombian Ventum NS1. Well, y'all know, I mean, I just sit by, right? I, I, I got something in the works, G, just so you know, okay? All right. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Will it be ready by July? Uh, that's a great question. I certainly hope so, because I've also been training hard and, and uh, planning to put it to use. So a uh, special offer for our listeners, 10% off when you use the code we do at checkout over at VentumRacing.com slash the move. Again, that's 10% off. The code is we do at VentumRacing.com slash the move. Also today brought to you by Athletic Greens. Really and truly, this is just about taking control of your health. This has become a, a daily habit, I think, for all of us on this show, not just not just us sitting here. I know my family is is on the Athletic Greens train. Uh, Grace is back home from college every morning. Athletic Greens, even when she goes back to school, takes the travel packs. Uh, it, it's a game changer, and and we're big believers. As is, you know, a hell of a lot smarter people than us. People like Peter Atia and Anthony Huberman, 
Um, absolutely amazing. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens help you start your day off just right, all for less than three bucks a day. Um, also, I should add one more thing. The, the, the formulation, the founders created this formulation um, because he was having some gut health issues. I know a lot of us have that in our daily lives, and we kind of poke and prod and try different things, different hacks to, to get on top of it. This was his solution, and it changed the game for him as it has for many others. Let's make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is head on over to athleticgreens.com slash the move. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash the move. I'm glad you said that. They're linking uh, a lot of gut health to mental health now. I'm I, sure you've read that. I, I think we're on the cusp of, uh, of of some real changes here. I mean, I think the gut, you know, the gut has been sort of the, the, the you know, this frontier that everybody wanted to conquer uh, or figure out or understand better. And, and it's been a, it's taken time. And I think people rightfully so have taken their time to, to get there. And people think about the gut, they think about digestion, they think about weight loss. But when you, to your point, JB, you start tying it in uh, to mental health, to depression, to, to anxiety, all of these things. Well, I mean, if we could unlock some of that stuff in the gut, let's go. So, uh, Hey, what, a, what a week, what, what a week. And, and we have a lot to talk about, uh, everything from, uh, a couple of the mountaintop finishes, obviously the time trial yesterday, which I have a lot of thoughts about, uh, also some amazing performances by, um, some North American riders we'd like to highlight. Uh, and then today our man, Mark Cavendish, I mean, he's, it's come, it's, it, we'll, we'll break it down. Uh, Johan is very excited to talk about this. He's got some predictions, but. Uh, what did you say, Johan, in the notes? How many, uh, how many um, Grand Tour stage wins does that bring it to today? Forget the, we're, we're going to talk about the tour and, and uh, potentially breaking the record, but. Yeah, uh, 50, 54 Grand Tour stages. In I mean, that, think about that. 54 Grand Tour. So we're talking about Tour of Italy, Tour of France, Tour of Spain. 54 of them in total. 15 yeah. years after he won his first Giro stage, which is, was his first Grand Tour stage win, all the way back to 2008. Uh, 162 professional wins. I mean, the not only, not only that, but the way he won today by like two bike lengths over <laughs> Gaviria, and I mean, it was just like he was on a different level yep. today. Which I truly believe the stage that he crashed in was at stage five, or I think he would have won that stage uh, as well. This, this, by the way, I know his kick so well and and his stature on the bike. I'm pretty sure he would have won that stage. And then, of course, another close second place uh, uh, a week later, and he actually called me on Monday. Monday Stop or after he Stop after he it. announced. Yeah, we need we need we need we need proof. We need proof of this. Okay. Actually, oh, never mind. Um, he called. It was Tuesday. It was the day after the rest day, and he was like, he was just exhausted. He's like, everybody's sick. I mean, the weather's been horrible. He said it's just been a miserable Giro, but he just still had that motivation. And uh, you know, the next day, which was the day that on paper he should have won, he kind of got lost in the in that in that lead out. But today, you just saw he had the confidence. He had some friends in the peloton. And, and winning by that much, where he actually got to look back, like kind of old-school Mark Cavendish win, where he looks back, doesn't even feel anybody coming, and is able to really soak in the win, his first win this whole season after having such a hard time at the end of last year, coming into this year, no wins, a bunch of injuries, illnesses. I mean, come on. 
It's an amazing, amazing day. I was so happy to see it. That's you make a good point because we've been seeing more photo finishes than ever. Like as of yeah. late, it's it's been yeah. very on the line. So yeah, yeah we, we haven't I seen anybody get a, away. I think it's a reflection, even in the sprints, it's a reflection of how tight everything yep. is. Typing. You know, I mean, it's every sprint is almost a photo finish, and unless you know you have one of these days that Cavendish is just on another level. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if he if he was still in the race and he went over those mountain stages, he it's because he thought and he believed he could win in Rome. Mm. Otherwise, he would have not have stayed because he knows he has the tour coming up. So you know what? I mean, an extra week of not racing would obviously have been welcome. But if he stayed in, it was because he, he was convinced he could win that stage today. And multiple, multiple days over 5,000 meters a day yeah. of climbing. That's not anything that Mark Cavendish wakes up any day and looks forward to not, not to mention multiple mm. uh, days like that. Not only that, but he said the training these days is so damn hard and so monotonous that it's like, it's almost better just to stay in a race and just suffer because at home, if you don't get that sort of race days in now, you, the, the amount of training you have to do to remain competitive is he said, it's just mind boggling. It just, it's just so, so hard these days that it's better to just suffer through a race like the, like the Giro. And then maybe just need four or five, six, seven days of training before the Tour de France, and he will be more than ready. George, you, you brought up another good point, which I, I it, it makes sense, and I hadn't really, it hadn't crossed my mind. Uh, you said he found some friends in the Peloton as that lead out was, was unfolding. Um, that, I want you to think about that for a second. That is a very big deal here, right? I mean, he, he doesn't have one of these super sprint train lead outs that like a lot of the other teams have. He, and he's you know, obviously widely and, and highly, highly respected. He's very well liked. Uh, he's going to need friends, you know, come July. I don't know how many, you know, call it eight to 10 opportunities. You know what it's like, George. So do you, you want when you're there and it just, some guy looks over and is like, man, I'm sitting next to the guy who might just break the all-time record. I, I'm not, I don't really have a shot or I'm, I'm not feeling great or whatever. And just give him the wheel. I mean, that, that kind of stuff. We know this game. We know this is a political game. And well, you know, there's some of the super teams that will not get out of the way. But if, if he's in a position where he, he can find a friend, that's a, <laughs> that's a really, really big deal. Well, not, not only that, but he, he just got a, a whole new sense of confidence from his team. And, and don't forget, they didn't bring Case Bolt to the, the Giro. So he which, is one of which the Which I do not understand, by the way. I don't understand that either. Yeah. But now I think uh, Vina Kurov is seeing this going, oh, well, we, he's back. There's no doubt he's back, and he's most likely ultimately going to be better at the tour. So I truly believe they will do everything in their power to play. Of course, Case Bowl, but guys that will support Case to get him to the line in a great position. So I, I truly believe he's going to have a much, border support, much better support network. Because one of the things he did point out leading up to the Giro was that Every race I go to, I'm with different guys. Like I, mm. I haven't been able to build a camaraderie, a lead-out train like I have in the past. So I think he struggled with that. Now I think it's uh, you know whatever he wants, he's gonna be part part oh, for him. You know that's that's what I don't understand, George. You know because Astana. I mean, let's face it. You know, even for the Tour de France, the only thing that can save their season because they had. I mean, even if they win today, they didn't. I mean, they're in the real bottom bottom. They're not even in the top 18 of the World mm. Tour teams. Uh, is that victory because that victory is going to mean so much, you know, it's, it's, it's a historical event. So I don't understand why Cavendish wouldn't have a say in, you know, who he feels comfortable with. And these guys need to race with him mm. and, and, and train with him. Yes. Uh, yeah. If, I mean, 
If you bring a guy like Case Ball to the team, it's clear that, you know, it, okay, it was a last minute addition because the team fell through. He was actually going to be on the B&B team, there, there, the, the B&B hotel team with Cavendish. I don't understand how how he cannot be at the Giro. I mean, he's obviously he has to he has to be a uh, at the tour, but you know it's they don't have that many other guys, you know, who who can who can be uh, who can be a good lead out for Cavendish. Well, and and what a difference! I mean, we he came from from Quick Step, aka the Wolfpack. I mean, they're called the Wolfpack for a reason. Those guys, you know, uh, you know, can finish each other's sentences. So it's it's got to be a an adjustment for him for sure. But one thing for sure is the uh, the drama and the suspense of the Tour de France uh, sprints has now even got it's gotten even better. I mean, with Cav back to his best, the Wolfpack needing some some wins coming up. Uh, all the other sprinters, uh, it just it's going to be super exciting. I can't wait. Can you know you what would be, You know what would be the ideal scenario for the Tour? I mean. He's not gonna like that, no. But but I think it would be the amazing. Uh, don't, don't start with this. I know where you're going though. <laughs> Is that Cav does not win? A single stage, and he has to wait until the Champs Elysees. Uh, that's too. That, that's let's not. No, nobody. No, 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 nobody that even remotely likes him wants that. That, that, that don't don't even. I mean, that, listen. That's good for us, us dipshits who do podcasts. But that 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 nobody wants that. Don't say that. Don't okay. say that. We're not, we don't want to jinx. We don't want to jinx them. So yeah, let's get it out of the way early, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's amazing that after this exciting Giro finish, all we're talking about first out of the gate is Cavendish. But <laughs> well. Jo- yeah. George, George, you touched on it. You, you said four or five solid days of training and he's back and ready for the tour. Can you elaborate on that a little more of how, like he's peaking at the right time. He's on for, how do you maintain that from this exhausting Giro to the tour? Well, yeah, it's just a question of not, you're so fit and you dug so deep for three weeks straight. Um, it's just a matter of recovering. That's the most important thing. And then once you recover, it's just keeping that edge, which is not, not overdoing it because I've only done it once or, once or twice in my career where I did a, a, a three-week stage race. And when you recover, you feel amazing. And what do you do when you feel amazing? You train too hard and you most likely overdo it. So, I mean, these guys have got their training dialed in so much now that um, he'll, know, he'll know when he's recovered and he'll know not to overdo it to arrive at the door, hopefully, in, in, in peak fitness. And for those counting, we have 33 days mm-hmm. until the start of the 2023 Tour de France. It's not, it's not a lot. You got, and you have to do it right. You can't, you know, all these things, you know, that we talk about in races, illness, crashes, the, those, you have to watch those as well. 33 days yep. isn't times tight. So, and it, and to your point, JB, you're right. I mean, obviously we have a, a personal connection to Mark Cavendish and, and, and he's on the cusp of something truly uh, historic. So it, we, you sort of go there. Uh, but yeah, we, we would be remiss. I mean, this last week of the Giro was, um, um, boy, <laughs> there's, there's a lot to break down. I, I, the, the, the time trial, I, I, I was sitting there and Anna was, we were uh, not at the lacrosse tournament. We were down yesterday at the basketball tournament down in Fort Collins for my son. And I'm watching in the car, my iPad, and I, I had sweaty palms watching this thing. <laughs> I, mean, I said, I said, honey, look, I said, don't grab my hand. I said, I mean, just watching the bike changes, helmet changes, then the fucking mechanical. I'm like, what is going? This is too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt like that, that, the, the Garen Thomas helmet change. That was a bit too relaxed for me. I mean, it was just like the whole, the, the whole thing down. is, this first is, of all, George, why would you even do that? I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's I, didn't like, get, I didn't get that one. I think that's overthinking the science, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. You know, um, 
I mean, it was, he was super, I mean, it's like that bag change, everything went wrong there because he was too relaxed. He didn't, he, he didn't give his bike to the, he just put it calmly down on the floor, his bike, yeah. Yeah. then put that helmet on. Then he had to put his earpiece back in. Yeah. I saw yeah. that fumbling with, listen, this, it, 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 it really is all sort of a mute point. It could have been a point because you saw him taking off the time trial helmet, putting on a climbing helmet. Um, and I, I call it 10 seconds, right? So you sit there and go, well, if you lose by eight or nine, did you need it? I noticed a couple of things. One, uh, the, the folks at the top of the climb were actually wearing, you saw, if you saw, I was looking around at the, at the fans and the, and the support staff, you know, they were wearing puffy jackets and it was not a hot day. Um, but, but, but this, this just brings me right back to my whole point. All right. I've said this for years and I'm going to say it again. I just, I didn't even think about it yesterday. And I just, I don't know why I didn't, but because it's uh, very, much. here we go. Here we go. It, it, it's very important to me. If you're going to ride a time trial bike, all right, at the bottom and you're going to make a bike change and, and on, on the TT bike, you're going fast. You're going 35 miles an hour. I get it. I need a helmet. If you're going to make a bike change. And you're going to have to have, in, in the case of, of Primo's Roglic, you're going to have to have a gravel bike set up in terms of gearing because the road is that steep. You're going eight, nine miles an hour, maybe. The whole time, there's no downhills, there's no nut. What the fuck do you need a helmet for? <laughs> you, do, you do not need a helmet, right? You don't. Make the bike change, rip off the time trial helmet, get that fucking suffer face on. So that, you know what, you guys are stars, you're star athletes, your personalities. Let's see it. Let's see the suffer. Don't mess around with the eh, putting your climbing helmet. Bullshit. No helmets. I don't know why. I mean, we, that's like asking Kipchoge to wear a helmet in the marathon because he's running 13 miles an hour. There is no, you would never. What if he, what if he stubs a toe and falls and hits a curb? Are they now going to run with helmets because they're going 13 miles? That's, I don't know. That's faster than these guys were going yesterday. You know, I'm, I didn't even think about it yesterday. I just thought of it. it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Wasn't part of the slow helmet change too. They were, I think they were warned and being very, uh, uh, strict about you had to be at a complete stop. No, no, you can, you if you got on the bike, uh, this is typical. Okay. Do you want to, you want me to keep going? All right. Well, here's the, here's the UCI who, who can't make a ruling for shit. All right. And if you follow the sport, you, you followed enough of it. Yeah. If, if you dare get on that bike and start rolling without the helmet clipped, which by the way, the helmet you didn't need, I just established that then you probably got docked, you know, some amount of time or disqualified or whatever. Uh, no, they, it, they're serious about that. They had that line in the road. It had to be clipped. It, 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 the whole, it, no, no. And, and no. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, listen, we're all, we're part of, you know, we, we all raced without helmets. Um, you know, if you think about that now, it's, it's actually unthinkable. It is unthinkable, yeah. but, 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 but I'm, but I'm not, I'm not trying this to, the, I'm not trying to, Johan, hold on. I'm not trying to go rogue about, you know, uh, what we did or what, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, or this, no, there it, it's, a, I think as a sport, I mean, sports that have, you see it. I mean, look at soccer, for example, a global sport. These guys are massive personalities because you really see them, right? You see their, their hairstyles, you see their, you know, whatever they got going on, you see it and you're like, oh, that, that dude's different. Like that's, or that girl's different. You know, they, there's a lot of the personality comes out like that. I don't think you need, no, 
I mean it. I'm, I really mean yeah, it. Listen, you go into a, you, you go into a difficult, complicated terrain there because you can, I mean you can make exceptions. Like for the, for yesterday's stage, you could have said, okay, this is unique. You know, listen, they did something unique. They changed, which was even more ridiculous. I think they changed the time limit to fifty percent. You know, so it's a proof that they can change the rules for a specific event, right? But in the case of the helmets, you set a precedent, which, and and you know the UCI, they are more uh, more worried about their image than anything else. They would, you know, there would be a lot of criticism for an, an international federation allowing this sporting event, breaking the security rules, the safety rules. So it's, it's never, it's not going to happen. You can keep moaning about it, Lance. It's not <laughs> Moaning. Listen, listen. I, I'm gonna. You know what? I am gonna keep moaning about it because guess what? I'm right. Right. I'm very rarely right. I'm right on this one. And the and it, it it has nothing to do with safety. It has to do with marketability of the athlete. Let let us see them. Right. We don't need to see robots with helmets and glasses. The, the helmet. The helmet sponsor has had plenty of time to get publicity for three weeks. You don't need it for the last thirty minutes of the Tour of Italy. Uh, and and listen. You know what? I'm just going to say it right now. I appreciate all you listeners agreeing with me. I know I know y'all are all at home going, you know what? That's a damn good idea. That makes sense. So thank you in advance. JB, put it on the on the schedule of the our show schedule. We'll 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 debate the UCI rules that we hate or that we think that are, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, useless. That would be interesting. But that's for the next show. But I think that we should tone in on how cool was the, the amount of technology and planning that must have yeah. gone into this one stage i mean johan walk us through how you would do it because we, i did see that rogue rode the course in the morning which you thought that nobody was going to be able to ride it so i'm just mm -hmm. curious and i know he grew up near there so maybe that had something to do with it but i'm curious you know let walk us through the planning of a day like uh yesterday well i mean it was it, first of first of all i mean for the riders but especially for the teams it, it, this is what people don't see you know this this stage and the night before, and, the, and it was a nightmare, you know, because uh, after uh, Trecimi di Lavaredo, I think most of the teams, they got at the hotel between 9.30 and 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, they were allowed to ride the course, I think, uh, before 9 a.m. Uh, Roglic, by the way, did that, did that. I know another guy who he once did that in a time trial, and our main rival didn't because it was raining. And... You remember that, Lance, that time trial in, was it 2003, that you went out in the rain mm. and then Jan decided to not do it? Anyways. Mm. Vague, vague, vaguely. <laughs> those, uh, those, were, those, were, those were the days where we'd get the team schedule and we'd be so not jealous of Lance, you and Lance. We'd be like, oh, thank God, we could sleep in. I don't need to see this time trial course. I'm <laughs> just going to ride it and have fun. But Lance No, but you know, I mean, it's, that's... That's what makes the difference, you know. I mean, look, Roglic yeah. knew probably one of the only riders of the peloton who knew this climb. It's close to the border. Uh, you know, we've all seen this story that in 2007 he he was there with the, the Slovenian national team juniors. They won the world championships there, uh, ski jumping, uh, on uh, in the in the in the starting town. Um, and I also saw that in the winter he he had done it a couple of times running. He run oh. he ran, he ran up the climb a few, a few times. He sh um, should have known where that pothole was then. And then and then Johan, is it was it was it true that the guy so he when he had the mechanical jumped off his bike his mechanic gave him like a little fifty meter push but then some random dude gave him a push that apparently was his junior teammate in ski jumping is that yes. true and he happened yes. to be oh, right there. There was three guys 
three ex-teammates of his, and they were 100 meters apart. There was one guy 100 meters before. That guy was there, like like a little bit. And then there was another guy 100 meters more up. So, I mean, you know, this was meant to be. He had to win this race. You know, uh, it was his home, hometown race. I mean, if you look at look at my backdrop, it's, this is Slovenia. Yeah, you know, uh, and um, I mean, yeah, um, it, it, it's it's a nice story, you know. The I, I read a little bit about it. This guy, this guy was part of the Slovenian ski jumping team, and uh, I mean that push was definitely um, you know worth it. Uh, the fact, arguably, that- arguably on such a steep climb, you know, maybe he did get a little bit of rest. That was uh, you know uh, helped a bit, but he was going to win anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, listen, he was on a mission. He was on a yeah. mission. And uh um, yeah, I mean, even 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 without if you look, you know, Thomas lost seven seconds to Roglic in the in the change, in the in the in the changing zone. And Roglic lost 13 seconds. Uh, I mean 13 seconds plus whatever speed he was at. But I think the adrenaline he got after that and uh and you know the the push from the from the, the mental push from all the all the spectators, uh he was he was, I mean. Otherwise, he would have won by a minute, you know, if yeah. he doesn't have that mechanical. So, um, it was meant to be. You know, this. Uh, I think. I think twenty-five percent of Slovenia was on that climb. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how many people live there. Two million people. Yeah, you saw. You saw the start even on the ramp. It was just all Slovenians. You know, just imagine. Primos, primos. The- Primos, yeah. Imagine the energy he had for that. Yeah. Well, well while, you, uh, while you guys are all lathered up, do you want to talk about the mechanical and the gear options? Because I know you. This- let's let's uh, let's go. Because I, I want to I want to spend some time on that before. But uh, so JB, will you just um, put a little bookmark in that for a second? Gotcha. So I can take care of some business. Today's show also brought to you by HVMN. This is also and again something that uh, that we really incorporated into our daily. Our daily grind really is, is really what it comes down to. Uh, HVMN launched the world's first drinkable ketone in 2017. Ketone IQ is their latest innovation on ketones with improved effectiveness, taste, and cost. Keep in mind, back in the day, none of those things were really present. Uh, they've they've uh, actually perfected that. Um, check this out too. Delivers clean fuel that can cross the blood-brain barrier, supplying your brain and body sustained energy, mental focus, and sharpness. Pretty amazing, and 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 as we know, and as we talk about a lot, most of this peloton, or uh, a wide majority of this peloton, is actually using the product um, today. So pretty cool. There, head on over to hvmn.com. Use the promo code the move at checkout. That gets you twenty percent off. Again, that's hvmn.com. Use the promo code the move for twenty percent off. Also exciting news, we have a new sponsor of our show today, Caldera Lab. Say goodbye to the generic face wash on your counter because Caldera Lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin. Backed by a leading clinical trial where nine out of 10 men experienced healthier and visibly improved skin. I'm gonna say that again, nine out of 10 men that used it experienced healthier. One of those nine. I look, I mean, everybody knows we, we're monitoring it as well. We know you're one of those (laughs) nine. You you always look good though, George. Uh, They've got a nice bundle. You guys can check out. It's called the clean slate, the base layer and the good, Uh, the clean slates where you start your day. The base layer is a nutrient dense fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin. And the good is your go-to at night before bed and also clinically proven. Um, this is the thing I hate to even look at, uh, and think about as you age, duh, 
You might notice more fine lines, right? That's where Caldera Lab comes in, helps soothe, smooth those out. Today, we have an exclusive offer for our audience so you can try for yourself why so many men trust Caldera Lab for all their skincare needs. Get 20% off with the code THEMOVE at calderalab.com. There's no S in there, by the way, calderalab.com. And the code is the move. By the way, they also sent me some soap. Whatever soap you guys sent, I'm telling you, this soap, it's got like some, I don't know what that's called. When it's got stuff in it, you know, it's like rough. Man, exfoliating. That's what it's called. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I've been using a lot of. Uh, again, calderalab.com slash the move gets you 20% off. And, and if you need it, the code is the move. All right, let's go back to the, the to the technical parts of of the time trial, the bike changes, the equipment choices. You know, we we saw uh, just as a reminder for y'all the, the the bike change that Roglic had the day before, uh, switching out from a re- basically a standard road bike to a, a climbing bike. Let's call it with a one bike. You just don't. You know, we've seen as cycling has over the years gone from primarily on on the mountain bike side initially. Now, of course, into gravel. You know, when when we all started doing those things years ago, there was a two by. So you had two chain rings in the front and, you know, whatever in the back, 10 to 12 in the back. Well, then the mountain bike is basically, I, I remember when I first went one by in the mountain bike, I thought this isn't going to work. You know, the, the, the jumps between the different gears is going to be too much. It's going to feel awkward. You're never going to really find that perfect rhythm. I never experienced that. And of course, now gravel has gone that way. Et voila, you got Primoz Roglic switching to a bike with a one by. For a hilly mountain stage, which uh, it, it got a lot of attention, and, and it almost got too much attention, actually, if you consider yesterday. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, you have to you have to ask yourself the question. You know, they did obviously <clears throat> test this. I mean, on the on on the Tretimi de Lavaredo, I think it worked really well there. Um, I think the whole the whole purpose was because he rode it a forty four in the back, but I think the purpose was to be on the thirty eight. Goes from thirty eight to forty four. But, you know, the smaller the chain ring you have in the front and the, the jumps are not so big. And also, you know, if the speed is really low, you don't really uh, you don't really notice it so much. But um, I mean, I was obviously, you know, what happened in the time trial was that you had this you had this massive power on the pedals and then you have this little little. It was like thing. a drainage, like a ditch, drainage ditch. Yeah. Because the, the roads were the road was that steep. You know, they have yeah. to they have to build these things in just to funnel water down the mountain, you know, uh, 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 if it rains that hard or, or, or when the snow is melting, but yeah, it was like a drainage ditch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what, the, what the, the, the possibilities are. I do remember though, that a while ago there was availability of a chain, not a chain stop, but a chain guide. So do we know where it fell off the front chain ring? It fell off on the, on, on the outside, not on the inside. It fell off. Okay. The outside. So if you have a chain of the front of the front chain ring, not it didn't get stuck from the bottom or top. No. It fell off the front. No, that was also yeah. why he was able to put it up because Roglic actually put it up, put it back on himself. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there was obviously not a chain guide on there, otherwise it wouldn't have not fallen. It could fall off, but it would still be holding up there. Mm-hmm. Um, which in this case, then you can get, stay on your bike, and if you keep pedaling, it goes back on, right? Yeah, but that, that still doesn't make sense to me because we, I mean, we never have issues on mountain bike and we're doing the same sort of steepness and hidden roots and all kinds of bumps all the time. And that, that doesn't, that hasn't, it's never happened to me as it happened to you. Right. No, it hasn't. The, the only thing I would think that would make me really nervous, of course, these 
teams have the best mechanics in the world. But what I have had on, on a one by on a mountain bike is when you are in your biggest gear and if it's not perfectly tuned, I've had it jump into the spokes, then you have a real, so, you know, obviously out of 44 is this big one may or may not have used it, but if it's not perfectly tuned and if that, if God forbid that chain jumps inside and goes between that, that big, uh, chain ring in the back or the big cog in the back to into the spokes and, and, and it's under pressure that you may, you may, you may not get it out. Right. And so then, um, it was also interesting too. And if you guys and gals watched, uh, there were no team cars. So you had a mechanic on a, on a motorcycle holding a bike. So they were not sending team cars up there. So that already just sort of seemed strange. Uh, I get it. The road was that narrow and that steep and that remote, but, um, it would have, if if the worst possibility would have happened, it would have been, it would have been disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, in fact, I was, I was on the bike scenario, riding. Worst, worst case scenario, he had the spare bike, right? So right. a guy on a motorbike with a bike on his shoulder, it, you know, the advantages that you have the bike straight away very quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was drama. It was drama. And it, I mean, at the end of the day, it added to the suspense, of course. <laughs> course absolutely because i was on the bike riding admittedly i wasn't watching it live and i started getting pinged by the team that we do team messages like oh no roguelike what terrible luck cannot believe he's gonna lose it and i'm like what is happening and then i was like 30 minutes away from that by the time i got to my house i was like he still won so it's kind of funny i got the suspense and drama over text messages from you guys but yeah i mean that that couldn't have added uh any more suspense to that stage it's pretty pretty awesome to watch well, and if you go back and review and just for y'all listening at home, I mean, during the races, we have a group chat going. And so we're constantly sending each other messages back and forth. And one of the messages I think from you on was, was what does this do for his morale? I mean, you imagine he, he was not winning by enough at that point. And then you have that. Uh, and of course, he's getting communicated with through his earpiece. Um, what does that do to his morale? And I think we, we got the answer. I mean, just wow. show how strong, I mean, you had two choices when something like that happens, you just feel like, oh shit, well, I got a built-in excuse. Let's just, you know, second is cool or what, you know, whatever. Or you say, uh-uh, I'm going to go as hard as I can and I don't care. And I'm going to overcome this. And he did like the guy, the guys, the guy's a warrior. At the I end think of the this, is, yeah. this is, real, this is a real proof that, you know, I mean, to be able to keep going like that with with that r- same rage, it only confirms what he has had to overcome in the past. You know, I mean, he has bo- bounced back from so many, like being Olympic champion after his, you know, bat- after his fall in the tour. Then, you know, winning the Vuelta. Uh, last year, crashing again in the tour, being out, coming to the Vuelta, you know, being on his, basically on a way back again to try to win it. Uh, the way this guy bounces back is it is it, his mindset is second to none in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and, and 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 two things in this press conference, he, they they asked him what it was next, and he said, "Well, we all know what's missing." So he's, I think he still has hope for wow. the Tour de France, <laughs> wow. which is pretty amazing. And secondly, you can say one thing: he had the mechanical, and perhaps he was getting the information that he was thirty seconds ahead. But I don't think he was because at the finish line, when he's cha- in the change room, he had no idea. Right. He was going to win or lose until Garen Thomas crossed the line. And he was he was legit in in in, in shock when he found out he won. So, it was, which was an awesome video that you sent um, yesterday. Well, and another good look that I thought was really cool, and uh, I'd never seen it before. Is I've seen it when a, when a guy has the best time, so they put him in what they call the hot seat. 
right? So Sepp Kuss had the best time. He's sitting in the hot seat and then somebody comes and breaks the time. They normally just get up and say, well, I don't have the best time. I'm not going to win. I don't have to go to the podium. I don't have to go to drug control, but whatever. He was, Sepp Kuss stayed there and had three or four teammates around him and they had the cameras fixed on him. And when that, and they must've had a big TV screen or a big monitor for them to watch when their reaction, when he dropped the chain, I mean, it was one of, oh, it, was, yeah. it, it was hard to watch. It was like, these guys just said, shit, we just rode three weeks <laughs> in the worst weather and <laughs> this, in this just dog shit weather. And it's over now. Like, that's it. Like it, it was, they looked broken. It was it's like La Planche. It was like La Planche de Belfi all over yeah. again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also sh- because, you know, there's been so much speculation, you know, and there you see that whatever people think, whatever we think, whatever journalists try to, you know, make a story of, it, it, it's, it's just not true because everybody says, oh, you know, he has this trauma, you know, last, the last time trial in the tour, he, uh, uh, the uphill time trial, he ha- he's going to have flashbacks. N- no, he doesn't. I mean, he just knew that he was, you know, he had to go super fast and he, he needed to go like so much faster to win. It's like you know, the guy's a machine. Yeah, and speaking of, speaking of the hot seat, I think we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that three Americans were in the hot seat: uh, Seth Kuss, Brandon McNulty, and our good buddy Matteo Rick Rigatello. Amazing ride from all three of them. Um, Rigatello is super young, first year pro. Oh, to wow. be leading the Giro, the, the time trial, the Giro the Italian, one of the hardest time trials in the history of the race was incredible. For, I think for all of us to witness. We've yeah, been we, we've been saying it. We talked yeah. about Seth Kuss on the Thursday check-in with, with Johan and Spencer. And cause we talked about, uh, Sepp Kuss's possibilities for this time trial. And, and Johan was like, he will be so cooked mm. from the two, from the two days prior. So keep in mind how much work Sepp Kuss did leading up to this and to still have that kind of performance. Yeah. Sepp Kuss is there. There are no two or three riders like him that uh, a leader can dream of. Right. You know, that there, there, this guy is, he has the same value as a leader of any other than the top three teams. That's his value to a leader, and, yeah. you know, market value. The guy is there when you need him, you know, he, he needs That's right. three and days, three, the three hardest stages. And he was there and he was unbelievably strong, unbelievable. Which yeah. I hope, I, I, I hope they send him to the tour, but I don't know if they will just because of such a hard zero, but. And one thing I'll point out, JV, too, is that when you're in the third week of the Tour de France, whether you're pulling or trying to survive to make it to the finish line, you're, you're reacting the same. I mean, uh, it's, yes, Seth Chris was pulling on the climbs, doing a lot of work, but he had the form to be there at the finishes. So I wasn't surprised to still see him do a good ride in the time trial just because he's clearly recovering well. The guys that are surviving the Gruppetto, they're as tired as Seth Chris. Um, So for me, it was uh, not much of a surprise to see him up there in the time trial. It was like when we would finish the time trials um, after pulling all all the Tour de France's for three weeks straight. You still you either got it or you don't, and you can do you might as well do a good effort in the time trial. And for me, my personal goal is I'm going to try to get top ten in the last stage of the Tour de France in the time trial, and <laughs> I would still have the legs to do it. Um, just because at that point everybody is just so tired, your body's just kind of in the zone, and they can react to to perform when you need it to. Uh, I'll- I want to know this because usually, you know, it's Johan who's identified these up and coming riders um, since we've been doing this. But Lance, you've known Matthew Riccatello since he was how old? I don't. I mean, before he was before he was anything. Are you kidding me? I've known his father for 
I met his father, Jimmy Riccatello, I don't think so, in um, 1987. Nineteen eighty-seven. Oh, well, I didn't so, know that far back. Yeah, he's not yeah, born yet. yeah. <laughs> no, he was he was not born yet, but he's I've known Jimmy and and Tracy, uh, Matthew's mother, um, for a long time, and and his sister as well. So it's been cool to see the the whole family is amazing, right? It's it's they're just great folks, and um, you know Matthew's is is going to be a great bike racer, but he's also as is his sister, uh, just really bright, just bright, good kids, you know, very humble, hardworking. You know, adventurous, you know, obviously from Tucson, um, that city is is very proud of, of the whole Riccatello family. So I, I did have a question about that, Yohan. You, you'd mentioned, because you were starting to say, I think that, that he had lost a, a fair amount of time in the flat section and and, and to make up. I'm curious just how, spe- you know, because you can kind of look at this thing as two time trials, right? It, it, either you're just not great on a flat time trial or you're just that exceptional uphill. But what what, how fast did he go? I mean, this is, by the way, I've known the kid along his whole life, right? This is a perfect climb for him, right? He's very light. He's explosive. He's, he's uh, what was the difference there? Well, I, don't, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the times, mm-hmm. but um, I can expect um, he has, he has gone, I mean, may, maximum 50 seconds slower than Roglic on the climb because he was, I think he was over a minute down at, uh, at, on the flat part. Wow. Ready. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's a really, really great performance. I mean, if you look, I mean, the first five are the first five of the GC. So obviously the strongest riders, right? So if you're there and you're in 11th, um, that's a really amazing performance. I mean, look, the the guy, Sepp, Sepp Kuz, McNulty, Arensman, Lechnesund, and Jay Vine are the other guys who are in front of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's up there with the best climbers in the world. We'd we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Garen Thomas and just what that must have felt oh, wow. like. I mean, we talked we talked a little about the the, the helmet change and um, I, the, I have to say I, I didn't see that coming. I, I thought he's he had the experience. He looked great in the three or four days before that. In fact, looked better than Primoz Roglic. He looked very solid. He, he looked, looked so good. I, I just yeah. didn't see that coming, and and um, I, I don't think he did either, frankly. And and at the end of the day, if you look at it, I mean, it's not he still he was still second in the time trial, right? I think he didn't have it was the combination of not having a super day. He had a good day, not a super day, and he kind of faded a little bit in the last two kilometers. And Roglic having an amazing day. Mm. Um, And uh, I mean, I honestly thought I mean I didn't know who's gonna you know I thought it was fifty fifty for the time trial, but you know for Roglic to take forty seconds back. that's not the Grand Thomas we've seen during the, the, the rest of the mountain stages. The yeah, difference yeah. was, you know, very, very small. You know, I, I think the the most the most that Roglic has been putting him in danger was the the stage that Derek G won right. when Roglic attacked on that Cat 2 climb in the beginning of the Giro. And if you look at it, you know, he lo- Grand Thomas loses the, the the Tour of Italy with 14 seconds. Um, and that's two seconds less than what he lost in the first time trial to Roglic. He lost 16 seconds on Roglic in, in stage one. Wow. That's the difference uh-huh. with which the, the Giro is decided. Can, I think I got yeah. some of his coolness and mindset. One, he seems like a really decent person, but he's got the Tour de France win. You know what I mean? Roglic does not, mm-hmm. right? So Garrett Thomas can go, 
I mean, that would have stung so much more if he didn't have a, a Tour de France win under his belt. I don't know. Yeah, he does. He's all, he'll always have that. Although I wonder what ever happened if he ever got the trophy back. Remember they some, some idiot stole his trophy? I hope he got it back. But. <laughs> really? Yeah, a long time. The, you know, the cup, the Limoges Cup. Well, but. Have a, the, the Tour will have given him another one, I guess. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. I, I, I got so much shit. I said, don't worry, buddy. I got seven of them right here in the house if you want to borrow one for a little bit. <laughs> uh, all the hate. Hey, fuck you. You win one. <laughs> I don't know. Hang on there. Oh, there. One, two, three. Okay. Yeah. Guaranteed. Let you. But I, I, what I was going to say, JB, is at his age, I don't know, man, 37 years old. You just yeah. smelling it. And, 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 and he, and he's been outspoken about this, this point in his career where, where do I retire? Do I renew a renewal would you know, probably be another two years. Ah, this, this is big. Did he say independently whether he wanted or not? I think this is yeah. marking this, this is some kind of a rebirth, a little bit of his motivation. Uh, for sure. So at the beginning of the year, I think he kind of hinted at retiring, right? Uh, we can already know he's not retiring. There's no way he's retiring. Um, he says himself that, you know, he was always, he always kept the faith that it was other people who thought that he couldn't win anymore. Um, and I think that in if you really listen carefully at his interview, uh, he's going to go for the Vuelta at the end of the year. Hmm. Uh, all I remember, and I might need a book, you know, one of you British listeners out there, the interview that I saw that I really liked, he said, yeah, he's like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm going to be on the piss for the next two months. <laughs> now, we all know what that means over here, but uh, if I'm sitting here going, hang on, he's not going to drink piss. Um does that mean he's just going to get hammered for two months? Because <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't add up to a Vuelta. No, but, but he, it, he, I did see him say that in one of the interviews, yeah. and I thought it just make you know, I, I the guy, the guy's a is a is a very likable guy. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. Also, it also points out how important those the battle on um, what is it Friday stage, uh, where I mean the amount of poise that a guy like Rogue, like you mentioned, Johan, he's come back from so much. And Thursday, he lost thirty seconds, got dropped. Um, I think that was more of a tactical error from his team. It, I think his team went way too hard in places where they didn't really need to go so hard. Perhaps a little bit of miscommunication there. Lost 30 seconds. And then the next day, it looks like Aaron Thomas is dropping him again. He's about 20 meters behind. But that poise and that confidence, he comes back and just puts three seconds back on Gar Garrett. But what was that? That was a huge mental blow. That's, that was like a yeah. knockout in, yeah. a, in, a, in, a, in a boxing yeah. match. And yeah. it gave him that confidence to where he hits his hometown the next day in front of all of his family and, and his whole country. That I think that was a massive, massive uh, win for him on the day before. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Momentum. Yep. Any yeah. other highlights, uh, Johan? That, that yeah, I think we, you know before? we should we should highlight the the you know the the performances of Roglic. You know, um, if you look at okay, uh, he's won three times the Vuelta already. Uh, which is, you know, an, an amazing accomplishment. And all. now he won the Giro, Olympic champion time trial, uh, won Liège Baston Liège, a monument, two times Tireno, two times the Basque Country, two times Tour of Romandy, the Dauphiné, Paris-Nice, Catalonia. He has 74 wins in his career, uh, not being a sprinter. That's... Uh, and a guy who came late to the sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this year, you know, he did not lose one, one stage race he started in. You know, he, he started in Tireno, unannounced, won three stages, and won the GC. Hmm. And he did so, Catalonia. So, 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 Johan, do they send him to the tour? 
No. No, 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 I don't think so. No, no, that's absolutely no, 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 no. I, I, that's, that's why not. I'm. I, I don't know what they're gonna do with Sapkus. You know, one thing, one one side of me would say, you know what, it's it, it's not enough time to recover because let's not forget, you know, the recovery from this Giro in particular with the two weeks of bad weather and the extremely last hard week, it's gonna take a lot. You know, I mean, there's there's some young riders in that Giro, they're gonna they're not gonna recover for the rest of the season. Right. Mm, I <laughs> think know? that's right. Yeah. Um, so on the other hand, you could also say, well, you know, if, if we really say to Sepp Kuss, okay, you know what? We need you for the, the last half of the tour, the first half of the tour. You don't, you're not, you don't, but you know, I mean, the tour, you can't really do that because everything's so yeah. fast, so Too stressful. Nervous. You can't, you can't really, you know, take it easy in the tour compared to, you know, if you have in the, in the in in the Giro in the Vuelta, you know, okay, this this is a flat stage. It's gonna be four four or five guys in the breakaway, and that's it. We're easy. That doesn't happen in the Tour de France, right? So, um, no, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, Johan. I feel like we we say that, and yeah, historically, no, these guys aren't able to recover. But historically, they're also not winning the World Championships in cyclocross, and then three weeks later, winning you know a, a major one day cycling events so i think these days they got the training the recovery so dialed that they will make the decision in the next few weeks i well, think because and, and, and if he's we'll recovered why wouldn't you send him and, and, Roglic? and Roglic? yeah no 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 no, no. no. I, I i'm i'm with johan on that sep Kuss is a wild card for me you know who knows how the the, the structure of the team works out and, and if guys get sick or something happens and you need somebody thing you know about sep Kuss is if they need him he gonna be there yeah. Right. I mean, that's and, like, you know, that's what we said earlier. Really huge shout out to Jimbo Visma. Um, you know, let's not forget in the week prior to the Giro, they had to replace five riders of their team, mm. five riders, you know, well. including, including one of the biggest, you know, the loyal lieutenants for, for Roglic was, was Tra- Tratnik. Yeah. Uh, they bring in five new riders. Thomas Gloak, the, the the British young rider, got a call, arrived at midnight before the start of the Giro, you know, because uh <laughs> crashed the day before, and they finished with eight riders. Yeah. And yeah. those five, those five that uh, didn't make it, they're watching the race, watching the weather. They're going, God, thank God. Thank God. Thank God something happened. Yeah, you, I didn't I didn't have to do it. Johan, you were always very adamant with our, you know, number one and two reserves that you better be ready because Absolutely. you never know. And we, I think we once or twice we had to bring a guy in last minute, but that's part of their job is, you know, up until the last minute, they better be ready for that call up no matter what the time is. And yeah. just, and we, we talked about it last week and then, and obviously we lost more riders in the third week uh, out of 176 starters, only 125 made it to Rome. It's been a long time since you saw a, a, a three week tour with that few finishers, which is, no. which is by the way, why yesterday the Giro, Asked the UCI to enlarge the 50 to 50 percent the time cut because if it was 30 percent, maybe some guys would, would have not made the time cut. Like the guy who won today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, since you guys brought up, uh, you know, Roglic, Roglic may change plans. What about Rimco? <laughs> you know, no, since he went home early, no, no. just world ch- focus on the world championships. It's, it's, you know, and that's why I also say Roglic, no, because, because. Uh, Physically, I could I could say maybe you know with whatever in cyc- how cycling is approached now and the training and maybe it's possible. But mentally, a guy like Rolgis cannot just go to. It's impossible to go to the tour mentally. He needs a break. 
And I think in the case of of, of Evenepoel is the same. You know, this guy cannot just show up at the, at the tour and say, oh, you know, well, let's see how I feel. Let's see what happens. If he shows up, he needs to show up with his status right now with a whole team that, which is prepared around himself, which is not the case. They don't have that right now. And so, no, um, I don't, I, I, I it's, I don't uh, yeah, George said, what did you, you saw one of his interviews and he said, well, there's only one race missing. Is that what you, yeah. is that why you're holding out hope here, George, just because of that, that one that, comment? Cause okay, it, was, well, let's, let's not why, forget. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy's no spring chicken. Okay. It's, time is running out. Let me open, all... let me open a can of worms here. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia okay, has Rog a game soon. Roglic <laughs> is now 33 years old. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jimbo Visma, uh, they have Vingegaard. If he confirms again this year, which, you know, is very likely it's going to either he wins or second or third, but he's, you know, he's up there with, with Pogacar. Um, I'm not excluding that Roglic changes teams. Mm. And there's one team that needs a strong leader who they don't have right now is Ineos. You know, <laughs> we've already seen that Ineos is fishing for Remco. You know, mm -hmm. obviously Lefebvre is not going to let him go, but, you know, they are trying and they have money. If I'm Ineos, I'm going full gas after a guy like, like Roglic uh, because he would fit perfectly into their system. He's a hard worker. He, you know, he's, he can fo he's focused. He would have a great team around him and they can win the tour with or try to win the tour with, with Roglic. And, I would I would definitely try that if I'm what's his name Sir Jim Ratcliffe, just yeah. you know yeah. go after him. Yeah, after he's after he buys Man United, but um, okay, I I I, I uh, we can look. But he's under contract, Roglic yeah, under contract, but, to, no. but it's still yeah, get bought yeah, out. But but, but and there's a lot of stuff going on there. I think with the title sponsor, and I mean you could mm. probably look off. I don't I don't even want to. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to lean into that. No, you, most but. likely he's not gonna he's not gonna change. I, I think Rod, Roglic feels amazingly good at Jumbo Visma. Um, you know what? The the chance of winning mm. the tour is is more unlikely than likely, even if he changes teams. So. But why but would, but but you're also in in the same uh, in the same vein, Johan. That's why Ineos. We were going back to Garen Thomas, whether it's retire or renew. I mean, he has been remarkably consistent, and all of the you know whether it's Egan Bernal and the injuries, and who knows if he'll ever come back or or Pidcock. They kind of have to have him, right? I mean, he yeah. he's he holds all the cards on that one, right? He's it's, he gonna he gonna get the bag, right? When it's, it's all him, said and done. Him and Remco, those yeah. those two guys. If you go, if you look. It's Pogacar, Vingegaard, Remco Evenepoel, and Roglic. Those are the four guys. You know, out of those four, you would say, okay, Bernal, if he gets back to his level, but that's to be seen. And for the moment, we don't know. But, you know, Pogacar is not going to move and Vingegaard is not going to move. So it's business. And and you know what? I mean, I would go after them. Okay. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up. I got to go watch a lacrosse game. You know, just, one, one last bit of info for our listeners and opportunity is uh, hopefully you're listening to this or watching it uh, online uh, Sunday is the same day that race ended. This is the last day to get 20% off on our entire store. Uh, you ooh, can use in the, yeah. And season pass. So the code is zero 23 and that's sale. Oh, two, three. Yeah. That sale ends today in, at midnight. So hopefully cool. you can get in All on right. it. Cool. cool. All right. Happy Memorial right. Day weekend, everybody over here. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.